Good morning and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. If you've been following what we've been up to for the last couple months, we are building something really exciting. It's called the JITC Hollywood Bureau. I actually just found a video I did on Instagram over the summer, the day that I found out that there are all these minority groups that have actually existed. Now I know they've existed for decades. Uh, the Muslim Pack Hollywood Bureau, NAACP Hollywood Bureau. Um, it's the strangest thing because since I started you in the city in 2007, I was having conversations with people in the Hollywood world about how do we become consultants on a TV show or movie? How do we change the way that our community is reported on? Um, and I always kind of like, you know, hit like uh, dead ends with these inquiries with people in Hollywood. And maybe it's because they didn't consider Jews minorities. Like even though uh, there are so few of us in the world, because thankfully um, we have achieved so much we somehow don't have this minority status, even though we are literally under attack constantly um, in modern times, in all times. And so sort of the Jewish community is always like we don't fit into any other box or any other uh, category. And it sort of makes things weird to categorize. And so over the summer, I discovered that um, there are these other organizations. I didn't realize at the time, but now I know because I've spoken to leaders within all these different groups. They've been around for decades. And not only are they changing the way that um, their communities are being reported on uh, in TV shows and movies, they also do policy work. Um, so the exciting news about us building the JTC Hollywood Bureau, because when I first heard about it, I was like, well, we need one of those. And then at a certain point, I was like, well, we'll just build it. And the question is, um, how do we know how to build this? And the answer is we really don't. But the thing is that we've never actually known how to do anything that we've done. We've just kind of um, done it by deciding that we're going to do it and then figuring out that's really been the secret to everything that's happened um, in this organization, very much a Nasev and Nishma approach of um, this is a problem. This is a problem we care about. This is a problem that we're passionate about. And we'll just figure out a way to do it. Uh, because it's been done before, so it must not be impossible. Um, and so that's really how we've built out this organization, um, you know, our work with MACO members, and now this Hollywood Bureau. So one of the things that I discovered by talking to these different bureau leaders so far, we've spoken to the disability group, uh, the, um, the Muslim group, the black group, we're going to be speaking to the Hispanic group soon. Um, they do policy work where they're not only worried about how the community is being reported on, but they're also worried about how is their community being treated sort of in the world at large in different industries. And what I would say is, although there are many areas where uh, Shomer Shabbos and Orthodox Jews are able to participate professionally. Uh, there are still some troubling areas where we are not. Um, I would say entertainment, media, and sports are some areas where it's still pretty hard to be a Shomer Shabbos Jew in these spaces. And my feeling is it is 2022 now. Happy Gentile New Year. Um, it, we need to do better now. We need to do better. If the world is talking about inclusivity and diversity, we need to do better. And so um, we're going to get into this space too. How are we doing it? I don't know yet, but we're going to talk to someone today um, who I would say is sort of um, at the forefront of the type of people that this matters to. Uh, she's already there. Her name is Esty Ackerman. Um, we had the privilege of honoring Esty several years back at our Orthodox Jewish All-Star Awards uh, for being an amazing ten uh, table tennis player. Um, she, you know, since she was a child, she has been ranked nationally. Um, her career has been so exciting to watch. The great thing about All-Stars is that um, 
they are just sort of constant, uh, you know, uh, Kiddush Hashem makers. Um, there's almost always uh, wonderful things to report about them. Um, and so we're going to talk a little about uh, Estee's background. And then sort of the more pressing thing for me is what happened at recently at the U.S. Table Tennis Open um, and Shabbos and how those two things didn't work together so well. So Estee, thank you so much for, for joining us here and for, uh, you know, coming back to Jew in the City. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, it's always it's always a pleasure uh, to be with you, Allison. Um, even though the All Star Dinner was quite a number of years ago, I always uh, feel inspired and empowered uh, by your words and your posts and everything that you're really doing for our nation. So I really thank you for the humbling experience uh, in uh, talking with you today. And yeah, thank God. Uh, Baruch Hashem, you know, I've also been uh, keeping up with my training and definitely not stopping and only realizing that goals, um, you know, and competition are only becoming bigger and greater. And with that, as we all know, challenges and bumps only increase as well. So we just got a little update because the last time that we honored you, you must have been, I don't know, like 13 years old. And we actually had this fun <laughs> thing at the All-Star Awards. I think it was our second All-Star Awards. Um, we created like a little event where we um, let donors um, play SD Ackerman. Can you beat like a 13 year old at ping pong? Um, it was a fun way to raise money. Now, we don't always have All-Stars that have something so fun to be able to say, like, you know, raise some money for the organization and, uh, and play this, uh, you know, kid phenom. So, um, you grew up in the meantime, you're 20 years old now. Um, you're at yes. Stern college, um, and you're, can you give us like a sort of like the quick update, um, on your career, you know, since, um, we talked to you last time. Sure. Um, I mean, from right from 13 years old, I want to say a big highlight was in 2016, I became the first Orthodox Jewish athlete to ever try out for the Olympics for the United States, which Mm -hmm. I never would have imagined receiving such a title at such a young age of only 14. Uh, You know, I was not in Rio, Brazil that summer. Um, I did fall short only 11 spots away, uh, which, you know, I was content. I believe there is millions of women in America. So I felt 11 spots away is in uh, too shabby. But uh, obviously, people know my personality is the gold and gold only. Uh, I wasn't in Rio, Brazil, but I was at Houston, Texas that summer where I did get the gold for girls under 16 singles and doubles. So people considered uh, the junior Olympic gold medalist, uh, one of my biggest highlights today in my career. And let's see, I graduated high school, Bar Hashem. Central was an awesome four years of my experience. I then went to seminary where I spent a year in Mechala. And besides uh, studying and growing, I was also representing the top Jerusalem women's team, um, where it was really one of the coolest experiences before I even got to. Israel, the coach was in contact with my dad and just to, you know, explaining what, uh, you know, what their league consists of. And I felt that it was just going to be a great experience to keep up with my training and my physical on and off the court. And believe it or not, you know, uh, our team was actually doing really well. Uh, my partner and I had awesome matches against different cities, you know, load, Rehovo, and really traveling. And, you know, my year uh, in seminary, unfortunately, was with the COVID. So we all flew back home in March. And unfortunately, I was not really able to uh, finish. I believe we were in the semis or the final round um, there. But I think my Israeli teammates didn't miss me and definitely uh, hoped the best for myself. And yeah, so from that, then it was technically 2020 with the whole pandemic. And unfortunately, it was the 
Shabbos small hump with the Olympic trials where they did not, uh, you know, able to change the Olympic trials, which was held in California, which we obviously know was uh, pushed off due to COVID, um, you know, in Tokyo. But uh, that was a little bit of a bummer. So I'd like, um, let's, can we just stop there for a second then? So in 2016, you were able to um, try out, they, they were able to accommodate Shabbos that year. Um, um, yeah, the trials was Thursday, Friday, and Saturday with the winner after every day. Obviously, I only had two days to try out Thursday and Friday, rather everyone else having three. Got it. Okay. And then um, four years later, they were not able to or willing to accommodate you. It was it was when it was and that was all there was. Correct. Yeah, I was training in Yerushalayim, having the mindset of, you know, being flown back to the States uh, and going. And unfortunately, uh, you know, it was a little bit wild. You know, I remember I was in Israel. Uh, my family was dealing with media calls back here. It was a seven hour time zone. You know, what in the world? How is it not? And I remember I was spending a Shabbos in Neve Daniel Friday while trying to speak to News 12 Long Island in terms of what I thought. And, you know, it was, you know, definitely very respectful in terms of uh, Olympic trials when they come out with the draw, with the form, uh, with the, you know, rules. Um, to change is probably almost impossible. Um, however, uh, you know, it's always uh, a miracle sometimes that you never know things could happen. So going into it, um, when, okay, so in, back in 2016, when it worked out okay, we were just as surprised that it worked out as, meaning, did you start any conversations ahead of time? Oh, by the way, I'm a Sabbath observer. Can you accommodate me? Like, was there any sort of outreach beforehand to kind of, do you, do you approach at these different places like the U.S. Open or the Olympic trials? Do you have a mechanism? Because again, let's just, you know, remind our listeners that you're in uncharted territory. Um, and we're in an age now where um, obviously, as we said earlier, uh, I said earlier, uh, Jews in general, um, and it's not even that recent. It's only in the last couple of generations that we have these positions, you know, in different, you know, top banks and law firms and, you know, places like that, be, and even sports teams, because we were barred from participation for, you know, a certain number of years. When the country was founded, I found out recently, uh, Jews weren't even able to practice their religion in every single state, which um, finding that out was kind of like, oh, I thought this was a country founded for religious freedom. And it's kind of, you know, uh, Oh, I guess it's it's a, a broader conversation. We we sort of have been raised with so many freedoms that we don't necessarily even realize what was going on at the founding of the country. So um, we have had our first, you know, Major League Baseball, uh, you know, drafts in the Orthodox community in the last year. Um, you know, there's BD Deutsch is doing something, you know, uh, you know, sort of historic as well. Um, so you're really you're a trailblazer in this space, Esty. So um, yeah, what what has been sort of your mechanism up until now in terms of you know reaching out to different places like the U.S. Open and you know the Olympics when you come into uh, to try out or compete? Yeah, sure. So really, what I would start with is the United States Table Tennis Association. Uh, you know, really, I believe became fully aware of my value of Judaism and my observing of the Sabbath, I would say first in 2012, when if people know that one became uh, a big and exciting match in Las Vegas when I was only 11 years old at the time. And there was, uh, you know, talk that I was keep, you know, winning and going, which, uh, you know, you obviously don't always know, you cannot predict, uh, you know, certain, uh, certain 
outcomes, of course. But when the match fell out on Friday night and, uh, you know, when I definitely, uh, you know, had what to grapple with in terms of competing um, at 11 years old in a national championship with media, umpires, the uniform, uh, what should I do? I came with the conclusion of not playing, uh, you know, and figuring that my religion and Judaism is and will always be my number one priority in life with obviously, you know, Shabbos afternoon after davening, Zmiros, lunch, totally fine to go down to your basement. But I just felt then, uh, you know, that Hashem wouldn't have wanted me to do that. So from that little, uh, uh, you know, experience, which happened to have, in my opinion, turned out to probably one of my biggest moments and probably climax of my career in terms of how the story hit the world and, uh, you know, thankfully inspired and affected uh, many people, which was really just tremendous, you know, as people, you know, spoke about now, and I'm sure what we will get to a little bit recently, how, uh, you know, the little, uh, I guess, 15 minutes of fame, which is something I don't look for, uh, hit in terms of putting the paddle down for Shabbos, you know, not my skill and talent of table tennis, which sometimes people like to back up and harp on because it's definitely there, uh, you know, thankfully, but in terms of, you know, what really hits the world um, in terms of stressing, you know, how faith, um, you know, in someone's uh, religion could really uh, come above uh, their hobby uh, or passion, so to say, and then what to do from there. But really the United States Table Tennis Association has always been, um, you know, respectful and feasible, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, different, different things that have come up, uh, you know, when in 2016, you know, yes, you know, we were having two days to try out fair shots, um, obviously coming in with a disadvantage of not playing the third, um, you know, but that is just how it came out. You know, I will not, you know, say that, uh, you know, we were, I guess, like talking with them like four months before that it like momish has to be on the Thursday and then the Friday early, um, you know, that is just, you know, how it has worked out. And, you know, I do understand, you know, in terms of the bigger, bigger retrospect of thinking that if they're going to accommodate, you know, one person for this, you know, then they probably have to rearrange everything to make sure it's equal for all religions, all things, or all, um, you know, different, uh, different categories like that. But yeah, I mean, you know, from, uh, you know, from like, uh, you know, then, you know, they definitely know about me. Uh, you know, I try to only be an ambassador of the sport and even trying to popularize it in America. You know, I think the United States Table Tennis Association has appreciated, uh, you know, my work and, you know, the media coverage that I've gotten, uh, you know, in terms of getting, uh, you know, the sport really out there, you know, as ping pong is actually the second most popular sport in the world uh, hmm. behind soccer. I uh, just, you know, wow. America has not. Yeah, it's pretty interesting. Uh, America has not, I guess, picked it up uh, too much just yet, but don't worry. And yeah, so from then, you know, I think they realized, uh, you know, what uh, what I have going on and uh, what my values are. So then what happened with the uh, U.S. Table Tennis Open from a couple of weeks ago? Can you tell us, sort of walk us through um, kind of how you played, what the events were, what didn't work out because of Shamus? Yeah, totally. So I was in Las Vegas two weeks ago at the U.S. Open, which is just to clarify for everybody, the biggest tournament for the entire country of the year. Uh, You know, they had over 800 players from all over, uh, including some foreigners. And we had 100 plus ping pong tables in the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. Really, really a sight to see. 
And my 13th trip there, my dad always likes to joke that we have not gambled once as we like to win and play on different tables in Vegas. And, you know, I was excited. I was entered in, a, in seven different events based on my age, based on my ability. I was playing, uh, you know, with the smooth rubber. I was also in hard bat, which is a different, uh, you know, rubber with the pimples. I was also in sandpaper, uh, which is a little bit more of the old school style. And in one of the age events, specifically for women under 21, uh, which was definitely, you know, an exciting event as it is probably uh, technically my last year playing as uh, I'm still 20. And it was the first day of the tournament. Uh, it started, um, you know, technically on Friday and the round robin group uh, was overall a little bit pushed back as I think it was technically called for maybe 10 in the morning or 11 in the morning, but unfortunately did not get started to play at uh, one or one 30, uh, you know, due to, uh, you know, just, I think a, a push, uh, you know, just from everything that they were trying to manage as a whole. And in the round robin group, I was upsetting girls, uh, you know, that were ranked above me, which was really, really cool and exciting. And, then we came to the realization that it was about 3.30 and I, Baruch Hashem, won my group, which means you advance uh, to the single elimination round, which was going to be the semifinals. So down already to the final four. And I recall that uh, we spoke to the tournament director and the officials, you know, saying that the semifinals match was probably not going to begin probably till around 7.30, p.m. They were having a lot of delays and a lot of, uh, you know, poorly run situations, which was totally understandable. But just, you know, players were realizing that a lot of things were being just pushed behind. And, you know, we were just leaving off, you know, we're just stating if you can Saturday night, we'd be more than happy to play, uh, would really, really be much appreciated. And as they knew, you know, there was a lot of things going on, you know, and they probably didn't even have that match scheduled yet. So that's why we were putting our input in, you know, because if you can, uh, you know, the next day would totally be great. So Shabbos, we had a beautiful experience in Henderson, which was really, uh, you know, lovely to be back at uh, and reunite a little bit with our Vegas, uh, our Vegas people. Uh, I actually had the opportunity of speaking to the shul, um, you know, after Shabbos morning davening. And after our uh, Shabbos, we anxiously look at our phones and we did see that they defaulted me unfortunately uh no text no email no call just put it on the website uh you know obviously my name my spot did not move on and the other person was able to I was obviously disappointed extremely uh you know uh saddened you know at the time if any player, you know, in any sport knows we love the competition. You know, we love to play. Um, not getting the opportunity, you know, does not usually sit so well. And so that was that. So technically I received the bronze medal in the under 21 women age. Uh, we were still, you know, going to go back at it. We had a lot of nice events, you know, still to maybe grab a gold. And in the hard bat doubles event, this was where my partner, Larry Hodges, and myself were doing really well. And we made it all the way to the semifinals where we were going to the board, um, you know, and the tournament officials to check where, you know, what table and, you know, a time for the next uh, exciting semifinals match. And we 
were hearing and coming to sentences I was extremely shocked at, but of hearing that the other team, which by the way is two players, uh, consists of having conversations with the director and, you know, the uh, officials of stating that it was about 10 p.m. at night, which they felt extremely tired and getting the accommodation in terms of agreeing to have this match tomorrow morning. So when I heard that and, you know, my partner as well, we were just very, very, uh, you know, shocked and just confused because meanwhile, we worked really hard the entire day till 10 at night. And the next match was supposed to play, you know, right then and there. And I didn't realize that accommodations, you know, and certain requests can be honored and can be answered when only two days ago, keep in mind, I was totally shut down for a religious reason. Uh, You know, to the fullest respect, people that come to the U.S. Open know that matches go up until midnight and you're very, very much prepared to give it your all from sunrise to very late at night. And it just, you know, really, really didn't sit well. Uh, You know, we were very, very appalled, you know, just in terms of hearing how did other people than one person. And this was, uh, you know, towards the beginning of the tournament, my event, you know, my under 21 women where I thought, you know, things are more organized, you know, and settled. If it's the end of the tournament, people might have left, might be complicated. Things are wrapping up, but rather hearing about a double standard in 2021 now we're 2022 but uh it was really you know really unwell you know i didn't uh you know fully understand uh you know why other humans were granted rights that i guess i wasn't and you know from that uh you know we did uh play fair and square uh you know the next morning you know and my partner and i actually did win the gold medal uh Woo! Yeah. Uh, which is great. Uh, I also brought home the gold medal for the Sandpaper Open event as well. Um, You know, I uh, also brought home, so in total, you know, two bronze and two golds, uh, you know, but realizing just from that, uh, you know, little point, uh, you know, that I'm sure, uh, you know, you'll have, uh, you know, maybe some follow-ups from was uh, definitely not easy hearing, Uh, was Mm. definitely a first, you know, it was just eye-opening that. Did you confront uh, them, SD? Uh, yeah, I would say, you know, that they definitely uh, realized, I think, that they had a mistake slash a big hiccup, so to say. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, my dad and I, you know, really were just looking for an explanation, just a, maybe a reasoning. Uh, you know, in my opinion, the word tired compared to a religious reason, I think there's what to scale from that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they had you know, certain uh, things that, oh, because it was 10 p.m. at night or this or that. Um, but I think I think it was a uh, pretty clear understanding that, uh, you know, certain people were at fault. And, you know, really just what's in my heart and my mind is that I go to the tournament. I miss school. I'm not hanging out with friends. You know, I surely dedicated a lot of effort, you know, hard work, sweat and tears. And I just want the opportunity. So to be told that I didn't, you know, and having other people, uh, you know, be granted that. And towards the end of the tournament, we learned as well that, you know, certain, uh, you know, certain things were accommodated as well, which was, uh, you know, not uh, definitely pleasing to hear. You know, I was just, again, looking just for the same as everybody else. I'm a player who also wants to compete, you know, and who also wants to try uh, to win the gold and uh, to just have the privilege, uh, you know, of being being treated, I guess, the way everybody else is. I mean, I think, you know, um, because you are such an awesome player, 
you actually have a lot of power here to, you know, change the conversation in your sport and hopefully in, in a larger uh, setting on this topic, because um, it's not okay. It's not okay. I mean, the first amendment to my knowledge is that, you know, there's supposed to be a reasonable accommodation for, you know, religious needs. And the thing is that if they can accommodate for tired people, then certainly accommodations for, you know, one or two people seem like it's possible within the sport. And um, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, this has to be the sort of thing where there's just a framework that's developed for religious people in general, because I'm sure there are, you know, religious Christians and Muslims that also have issues with the Sabbath in terms of competing with, you know, on in sporting events. Um, and I think it's important that um, just a framework is built. Um, there's other issues in the news these days that are kind of more, um, I guess, popular issues for people to get behind different types of, you know, diversity issues or different types of lifestyles that are very, you know, trendy and popular to talk about how do we accommodate. And I think um, religion is as old as, you know, humanity. And I think um, it's considered in a lot of places, um, you know, not popular, not, I mean, we, we have on one hand a protection, you know, within the country uh, to uh, grant religious freedom. On the other hand, um, I think in some of these industries that I mentioned at the beginning, sports, media, entertainment, there's just sort of a lack of a tolerance, a lack of, um, I don't know, I, I, it's, it's hard to, um, it's kind of hard to understand, actually, to be honest, um, where the intolerance comes from, because um, ideally, you know, sort of liberal values would include um, being able to, you know, live my life as I see fit and also protect your right to live your life as you see fit. And I think, you know, we do the best when there are the most freedoms, you know, for everyone to participate. So um, I'm so glad that you shared with us here, um, you know, just first of all, great job on your hard work and on your talent. And um, it's just something really to I love just the fact that you've made the box bigger and just sort of uh, paved the way for, you know, young Orthodox Jewish kids uh, to see that you can just do kind of cool out of the box things and be really at the top oh. of your field. Um, so that's just great because um, people need to have the chance to have big dreams. And so, you know, they say you can't be what you don't see, like you didn't see it and you, you did it anyway, but um, certainly for you being that role model um, is awesome. And, you know, why we gave you the all-star title is because your Jewish values and convictions are so important to you. Um, so thank you for being, uh, you know, uh, a trailblazer on that. But, um, you know, kind of as we continue on this journey of this Hollywood Bureau of sort of this policy work, um, I really do think we need to think about building a coalition of sort of the top athletes that are in the Orthodox world today. And what can we do? And also top athletes in other religious groups, to be honest, um, sort of, getting together and saying, what have you been prevented from doing, you know, due to your religious needs? Um, and what can we present to, you know, some of these large associations to say, we would love for there to be a framework so that before things even begin, we get into a conversation about what our religious needs are, because there's a lot of industries that do accommodate, you know, religious folks. Um, and there's no reason why that framework can't be built out in these different industries. And I think it only hasn't been done because no one has done it yet. But um, I think, you know, that could be something that, that we could, uh, you know, sort of continue to explore uh, as time goes on. So um, sorry for the disappointment in, uh, you know, being defaulted and finding out on your, your phone. Afterwards. All good. All good. You know, I just take that bronze medal. And I think I uh, realized that the title is not the bronze, rather. Uh, it's going to be called the Zohar Siyoma Shabbos Likacho medal, Allison, because I now I now have more meeting and more depth with it. And, uh, you know, in terms of uh, 
Ruchnia side, you know, when people daven, they might underline certain things in their sitter or have certain names in mind. And I actually printed out the paper, you know, where they defaulted me having my opponent go on uh, and not and not my name. And I keep that in my sitter to have in mind when I talk to Hashem and say by certain requests or certain moments that Hashem, look what I gave up for you. And mm-hmm. I think that's exactly the whole message that whatever us, Klai Yisrael, is really being most or nefesh for, whatever we're sacrificing and giving up, hopefully Hashem could realize that these are merits that could be built up on our own personal account and feel that uh, certain uh, certain goodness, you know, certain brachos uh, do need to be released. Amazing. All right. Well, it's, uh, you're, you have a big schuss for, uh, for the class and, uh, you should only, uh, continue to, uh, have opportunities to shine, um, and opportunities to lead. I mean, thank you so much. Yeah. And thank you so much for listening. You can catch us same time, same place next week.